0: Okay, so um, I have to do the whole introduction again. I also have to turn down my gain because I think I'm really—is that me? Am I obnoxiously yeah, loud? That's
1: that's you on the bottom.
0: Okay, I think I'm good, right? I'm on I'm on I'm on top. <laughs> this just gets funnier and funnier. Uh, I don't I don't know if I just turned it all the way. Oh, that's better, right?
1: Does yeah. That seem
0: better. Seems better. I seem not as aggressive.
1: I mean, so at the point where you see yellow oh. right there, that means you start blowing okay. your sound.
0: Again. This is just awkward for everyone. <laughs> Here we go. blow your levels. Okay. Can you just make, <laughs> can you turn the knob until it seems right? <laughs> like, is this up and or down? Talk. Okay. So but now I'm not talking my regular. Okay. Now I'm talking my regular. How does it seem?
1: It seems pretty good right there.
0: Okay. Cool. All right. We're good. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm in the middle of a 52-week challenge to try to get rid of Sonderless and find happiness in my life. As part of that, I've been meeting with a health coach and talking to a bunch of experts. A lot of them suggested that a great way for me to get disconnected with the world around me and more connected to myself was to go on a social media fast, which may sound kind of easy to a lot of you, but was very difficult for me. As someone who is trying to uh, promote a podcast, trying to make sure a Kickstarter goes through, someone who has a church and wants to make sure that everyone is doing well, I am very social media connected. Even though I may not tweet very often, I definitely check to see what's going on on the internet quite a bit. So the idea of shutting it all down for a while seems scary. I'm also in the midst of trying to figure out how to find worth within myself. At the end of this episode, you'll hear a little bit more about that challenge. But what I find interesting is that I feel like whenever I need to learn something, God places someone in my life that's going through it or has some level of expertise. And the same was true for my social media fast. As you know, my health has been up and down, but is currently more in a season of being up, which means I'm actually back at the gym quite a bit. And I kept running into my friend I'm excited to introduce you to Jeffrey Lawler. Jeffrey is an amazing athlete himself. In fact, he used to be a Spartan warrior and is returning to the sport. He is a trainer. I actually met him when he was my trainer, but he's more than that. He's an entrepreneur. He's a deep thinker. He's a theologian. He's the kind of person that you just love to be around. And it was fun when I ran into him to discover that going on social media fast is part of the way that he does his life. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Jeffrey Lawler. Let's start by the fact that this is Jeffrey Lawler, and he was a trainer at a gym that I met, I think, four years ago. Yep. And we were joking earlier that I, I came into the noon session, which I actually worked a lot and I had no children, but most of the people that were in there uh, were stay-at-home moms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All stay-at-home moms, actually.
0: Yeah. What do you think the percentage of Lululemon was?
1: Um, Like 80%, probably. 80% of Lululemon. And and the other 20% was Lorna Jane.
0: Oh, it was Lorna Jane. And Fabletics
1: for a sprinkling. (laughs) And Fabletics every now and again.
0: Yeah. So it was uh, an amazing... I actually really enjoyed uh, working out with a friend of mine who actually is an amazing mom and uh, works from home and is incredible. But... uh, Jeffrey was one of my favorite coaches. I actually was my favorite coach there because you had running expertise and I was a runner, I am a runner, a failed runner at this point. <laughs> I'm not running much anymore. Um, I have a race coming up, so I need to. I ran last night, it was brutal. Yeah, so Jeffrey and I met there and I hadn't seen you in a while. And then I would see you like at athletic stuff, like I saw you at a yoga thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just
1: ran and like you would pop in. Yeah. And then you started running with my run club at Lifetime.
0: Yeah. And then I saw you, uh, like, probably a year ago, maybe, yeah. when we did the... It, it just was, seems
1: like the stars have always had...
0: Yeah, we just keep running into each yeah. other. Oh, we saw each other at a race. Yeah. I saw the back of you for a while, because <laughs> you're a lot faster <laughs> than me. Um, uh, I, like, saw you, and then I didn't. But I saw you perfect. finish. Uh, yeah, you're quite a good runner. And um, the thing that's been really fun for me is that I, after not seeing you for a while, I ran into you in the gym, as I finally got my health back, and I'm back to working out all the time.
1: Um, I feel like I have a problem because you only see me at like athletic gym type stuff. Maybe it's an obsession.
0: Like you have an obsession with working out? It's possible. It's possible. That is possible. (laughs) possible. You are a Spartan warrior. You're not exactly known for like, Spartan warriors aren't really known for like being not obsessed with working out. Yeah. 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 So I saw you and at the point we just kept running into each other at the gym because I think we work at at the same time. And... For whatever reason, I brought up that I was on a social media fast. I think I wanted to show you a picture of like Michelle and her kids or something. And um, I, I was like, oh crap, I can't pull up Facebook. And then I said, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> "And then I said, I've said i been off social media for like six days. And your response was really funny because you said that you had turned your phone off for how long? Yeah, I, I turned
1: my phone off for a month. Yeah. 30, well, yeah, 30 days.
0: 30 days. Yeah. No phone. No phone. You didn't tell anyone.
1: No, I I couldn't. I told like I think I told you then, but if I told people, um, it would have just it been way too hard. So yeah, no no phone thirty days. I told my daughter's mom.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean that was. Otherwise, important. there'd
0: be a missing person report. <laughs> <laughs> so my palm started sweating when I thought about turning my phone off. Um, and you're an entrepreneur, so yeah.
1: And who marketed all of his businesses through social media for the last ten years?
0: Exactly. So I think as I was in the middle of this fast, it was really encouraging to me to hear this. Um, because for me, I think sometimes I think the world's going to stop spinning if I stop, I don't know, checking in I, with people.
1: I, I thought the same thing.
0: <laughs> so what was for the experience sure. like?
1: Um, gosh, you know what? It, it was actually like terrifying, okay. to be completely honest. Um like I, I knew I needed I knew I needed to do something like that I knew I needed to be shut off from the world I just needed to kind of like check back in with myself mm-hmm. um, I needed to take some time to myself and um, but yeah it was it was it was horrible and, and honestly like the fr- I was I think I was telling you the gym but in the first seven days like I was losing my mind like I literally <laughs> I was I was answering a phone that didn't exist I was trying to scroll through Instagram that didn't exist I mean I was using my hand I, I would just find myself like, Reacting to like if I had my phone, I, I probably looked crazy to people because I didn't have anything, but I was like grabbing in my pocket like, Where, where's my phone? And then like it was just such a like part of my, my every bit of my being to have my phone connected to me and looking at that I was doing it automatically without a phone.
0: Okay, so it's instant addiction
1: Oh, yeah, it's a complete addiction.
0: right It's almost like uh, we were you know for me like the first day, and I only did seven days. what's interesting though is on the last day. I forgot I was allowed to turn it back on. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. I think there was like a, a FOMO that went away.
1: So I, I turned my phone back on February 25th. Yeah. I, I have not posted on on Facebook once. Mm. And I, I did post one post about four days ago on Instagram. It was the first time I posted.
0: Of your dog. Where's your dog?
1: And I he's in the backyard. Oh. I posted of my dog. And I posted, like just kind of. I wasn't thinking. I was like, oh, I want to put them on I just because, like, the Instagram filters. I wanted to, like, mess with the photo. Mm-hmm. And I posted on Instagram. I didn't really write anything or, like, tag it, like,
0: You're just all like, savvy. I just dog. posted
1: it. And then I was like, what did I just do? I just posted it. I haven't done this in so long. And my phone was just erupting with, like, likes and comments. And I was like, okay, that didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. <laughs> no.
0: Because you, it used to feel good, though.
1: It used to feel great. Right. And now I felt it was like, uh, how to say it? Like it was, um, like I was giving something away. Like people didn't deserve to have oh. that. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was like I was almost being too vulnerable, and okay. that's weird. But yeah.
0: Well, the thing I didn't know about you, which has been really fun for me, is like we've hung out since the gym, and finding out that you were, is that I didn't know you were an introvert.
1: Yeah.
0: Cause you, in all of your careers, have, cause you're just an entrepreneur. You're just gonna start things like. That's just who you are. Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do a photo business and it's going to go really well. And then I'm, yeah, I'm just going to do Spartan Racing and I'm going to do really well. And then I'm just going to you know, be a trainer and I'm going to end up owning my own gym. Now I'm done doing that. So now I'm just going to go to the corporate, corporate world and start at the bottom. Oh, but I'm also really good at that. So you're just an entrepreneur. And that would, people would think would lend itself to being an extrovert. But like, you are a hardcore introvert.
1: Yeah, so I mean, when it comes to business, I know I know how to interact with people, and you know, my job has required me to to put on a certain face and to be a certain personality, and I'm good at putting yeah, on are. that You're personality.
0: Oh, everyone adored you in the gym.
1: Uh, well, thank you. Um, but again, it, it's like I'm putting something on. It's not like when when I'm at my core and who I am. Like I prefer to be with a book. I prefer to be <laughs> writing with my guitar, kind of like go backpacking in the mountains for three days by myself. Like all my running was always by myself. I didn't like to run with people. Mm. Um, Yeah, I I like to be alone a little too much sometimes.
0: (laughs) So with turning your phone off, did you you feel like you were getting back to who you are? Like was it good for you if you were such an introvert or do you think it was... Like I feel like it was really good for you because one of the things I love is even as you've entered this corporate world and you're doing really well at your job, you told me, that you plan to always take sabbatical time.
1: Yeah, now that I've done it, um I definitely want to make it a part of like um my everyday living on on a more regular basis than like a once a year thing. I'm I'm a- Oh,
0: that's you. Like you're so popular.
1: Speaking of the devil.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but even like not even just once a year, like almost even I was thinking like even quarterly just to check in um and I don't I don't think like Going back to, like, myself, I I think um, I I definitely reconnected with, like, kind of more of who I am. Mm -hmm. I think it was really good for me, but it forced me to be way more attentive to people, which seems kind of counterintuitive, like...
0: No, it w- are you way more attentive to the people in front of you?
1: Exactly. Because
0: that's what I found. Yeah. I had my phone off only for seven days, but I was incredibly present. I didn't even... Now, I always have my phone turned over when I'm with people. That's usually just a practice that I have. Yeah. Um, but I found that because I wasn't worried about like, hey, what's going on? But I actually felt like by day like five, I was actually more present. Yeah. When I- Which is weird because that's five days. It's nothing...
1: Still though, I mean five days is five days is actually a lot of time. If you think about it, like if I broke it down into seconds, it's a lot of seconds.. That's um, true. So yeah, five days is a long time, um, but I mean, as a somebody who I mean, I enjoy being alone. I, I, I do go to the movies by myself sometimes. I don't go to the movies all that much, but I do enjoy being alone. And so it's easy for me when I'm in a group of people and I'm not feeling comfortable. I, I typically group settings I don't I just feel awkward in. And so it's easier. Unless you to have a
0: microphone check out, strapped yeah. to your face.
1: <laughs> well, if you give me a mic, I can do anything. I know, um, but it's easy for me to like just go into my phone and and check out of this group setting or connecting with people because I can. I have my phone, and I think I realized like when I didn't have my phone, I was forced to connect with people more. You couldn't pull out a book because that's just rude. That is very, <laughs> that is extremely rude. Um, I, yeah, I. I couldn't do that. I, I wanted to. I bet you did. In um, a lot of social si- situations, I'd like to. Um, and sometimes I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've seen your trunk. It is full of books.
1: Yeah. Um, and I actually got asked today why I carry a backpack around. They're like, don't you leave in your car? I'm like, I have, I have to have my backpack. It's got my writing, my reading. Like, It's like my purse. <laughs> I'm okay. I have, I have a purse.
0: <laughs> I love that you have on your uh, books at Stamps from the backpack of...
1: From the backpack of all these theologians and smart people, like professors, they have Mm ex-libre out of the backpack of Jeffrey.
0: I love that. (laughs) So you you felt like you were more present to people that you were around. When did the anxiety kind of, when did you stop checking your phone?
1: For me, it was like about a week, about maybe a week, week and a half. Um, I stopped like reaching for it. I stopped caring. I stopped... um, feeling like the world was falling apart. Literally, like, I was like, what is going on? I don't, I mean, how am I going to know what's going on? Like, you know, what if Newport Beach falls into the water? Like, how am I going to know? <laughs> and like, you know, I get a lot of my news on my phone as well. Yeah, and, me like, too. Didn't check any of that. and
0: So you just turned that sucker off.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, no no phone. I mean, no TV, no phone. No yeah. TV?
0: I didn't know that part. Yeah.
1: A, a weird thought, I, I haven't had TV or I haven't had cable in um since 2005
0: yeah i probably haven't had it in like
1: gosh five or six years i mean i i do enjoy my netflix but um yeah so i mean like no news i wasn't i wasn't listening to the radio just kind of checked out um but yeah it was like probably about a week week and a half is when i like kind of like it all just kind of went away like i'd forgotten that i didn't have a phone forgot like social media didn't matter anymore, and it was it was the and one of the interesting things was is when you met up with somebody, like you didn't already know what was happening, you had to ask them questions.
0: Oh yeah, because
1: like you know you didn't check their Instagram feed before you hung out with them. Like oh how was you know the beach or?
0: Yeah. Did you have any awkward moments where people were like, "How do you not know that?"
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally did. A couple times they're like, "Well, you didn't see my Instagram." I'm like, "Is that just like part of our world now?" I mean, yeah, it is. It is. So um, I've had
0: I've actually had people mad at me. As a that you pastor, didn't like a photo, no, mad at me as a pastor that I didn't know something had happened in their life because I didn't know it was on like it was a Facebook post, and they were going through a lot, and they were just like, I posted it on Facebook. It's like i I have to be a pastor in like the real world, and so the digital world, like, I can't take on another world.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it changes your expectations. I mean, people have right. way higher expectations of people, and, you know, all of us want to be liked. We want to have people know mm-hmm. about us. We want to, I mean, yeah, I mean, it totally raises people's expectations, and, and even my own expectations of myself and other people. Um, social media, it's, it's not a, it's not like a negative thing, but it can have a lot of negative side effects.
0: When you came back around, with. What- you know, you haven't, been. so you've been back since February?
1: February 25th.
0: March, April, we're in May. Oddly enough,
1: that was the date that my dog was born. Aww. Just saying.
0: Oh, so you feel like the world needs to see more of your dog?
1: I didn't think about it that way, but yeah,
0: they do. What it's kind like of dog? Or what's your dog's name? Finnegan. Finnegan, and it's a chocolate. It's a red Doberman. Red Doberman. She's He. 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 Well, yeah, he. He's it's a still he. a he. It's
1: a, definitely, it's a he.
0: <laughs> um, he's really cute. That's Thank fair. You. Okay, so tell me more about what you feel like the benefits were from it and why you're going to take this break and how you're going to like implement it in your actual life. Because uh, it's been incredible how many of our listeners actually did it with me. And if they didn't do it with me, then as soon as they heard the podcast, they started doing it.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I, I think like, If I could say, like, the biggest benefit of of everything was I was more present with my my own feelings, my own emotions, my own thoughts. It wasn't so cluttered with Mm. everything else that was going around. I wasn't so concerned with, um, you know, who's doing what or what's going on in this world or or the outside world I wasn't so concerned with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just more in tune with my own feelings, my own thoughts. Um, And... I think initially saying that, you could almost seem like that almost seems selfish, Um, but being in tune with my own thoughts and my own emotions and everything, I was much more empathetic. I was much more in touch with other people's feelings and Hmm. wanting to really connect on that level with people because I was, I was connected more with myself and like how I was feeling. Right. And so it made me want to like really like get into other people's world and see what was going on with them emotionally, where they were feeling and, and not only like what, but why.
0: Mm.
1: And in every aspect of, like, especially in, in dealing with how I connected with people in um, relationships, just slowed down and, like, tried to, like, really take people in and experiences and why people are saying things and not just assume this is why they're saying something or what they're thinking or what they're feeling, but ask them. Or Because a lot of times we say things and we just, we hear what somebody says and we just assume what they to we think we know what they mean, or what, why they're saying what they're saying, or what the feeling is behind what they're saying? And so it really forced me to like think about why they're saying what they're saying, what what they're feeling, and, and ask more questions. I think which was that's probably the biggest benefit.
0: I think that's really helpful. I have <laughs> my twenty-year high school reunions in a couple months. I know. And today I just decided to go, and I like had all these reasons not to go. Uh, cause I'm speaking at an event that week in another state and, but I'm, the state I'm going to is in like, is that direction. So it makes sense why I can go. When did you graduate? To, uh, 1998. Okay. I graduated 2000. I am a year ahead. So I'm like a couple months older than you, but I'm a year ahead in school. Okay. So, yeah, I was really smart. That's not why. <laughs> We started school early.
1: I was not really smart.
0: <laughs> That's not true. You're <laughs> just smart in different ways. Um, what I was going to say is like uh, one of the reasons I was talking to a friend of mine today and he was like, yeah, he's introverted, but he's like a pretty well-known podcaster and it's really funny that he's like, yeah, I just like in person, I, I can't do small talk. It's like, I'm it's impossible for me. He's like, I- It's mind numbing. He's like, I can't do it. And yeah. he's like, and I feel like I seem rude. Um, and it was interesting because a friend of mine had had that experience with him, where they were like, "I think you're like, like he doesn't like me," and I'm like, "No, he just like doesn't know how to like jump into the conversation because he's not, you know, he's not a small talk guy." And what I realized is that the reason I didn't want to go to my high school reunion is I don't live anywhere near where most of them live, and so my friends from my high school, I like have one, two, three, and they all live in other states, and. We see each other, and I like these people. They're definitely people I adore, but I saw some folks at Christmas, and I was so awkward. I was so awkward. Like, I saw them, because Southern people, we, like, you know, Mississippi. Y'all. Y'all. They're going to have a conversation with you, even though it might, but they're going to be like, oh. Like, one girl was like, your mama just must be so glad you're here. And I didn't know what to say. I was just like, yeah, yep, she's... (laughs) She's glad. Like, I, and I feel like I'm pretty good with people, but I didn't know what to do. And then I just thought about the terrifying fact that I'm going to be in a room full of like over you know a couple hundred people who are I don't know what I'm going to say to them.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm awkward in situations. Like I already I'll think of Face like time my, my response like, "Yeah, my mom's just glad I'm not in jail."
0: <laughs>
1: just make it even more awkward and oh, then geez. get out of it.
0: Yeah, king of awkward. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't know why, but I, I the realization is like. We can't. I don't want to do the fake thing. I want to be really present to the people around me. And I think you're right. It breathes sort of this what we, I call false intimacy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Even like I'm not a, I, you know, it's it, one of our uh, friends says that I'm metho famous, which is not methadone, but method <laughs> Methodist, uh, because within Methodism, you know, I'm I speak at these events or whatever. And so uh, he was my intern, and he's like, yeah, everyone like across the country kind of starting to know who you are. And the weird thing with social media is they can kind of like learn a little bit about me. And now I have a podcast that talks a lot about my life, but I met some folks at a conference and they're like, hey, blah, and I knew a lot of about me. How's your dog, Tenor? And I was like, mm mm-hmm. like, But it sets up these walls because there is no, you're right, there's no conversation about, hey, like what's your dog's name or any of that stuff because we already know it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just even the idea of like, I, I don't know, um, th- this isn't tooting my own horn or anything, but like I, I've used social media for Spartan and promoting gyms. And so Facebook cuts you off once you have 5,000 friends. Yeah. And so I had to start deleting people so that people that I actually wanted to like be on so I could,
0: oh I Oh my could gosh, have them I'm on. in your top 5,000.
1: And, um, <laughs> well no, it's silly. And I, I was thinking about that when I was on this little adventure oh. and, um, like at any given time, and some of you guys are listening and you might be different, but I know for myself at any given time in my life, I mean, we all have friends that we've been involved with, you know, that will always be our friends and, you know, for years we've known them and, but at any given point in my life, I've got about the the capacity to have like two people close to me. <laughs>
0: that,
1: that's the capacity I have. Yeah. And like the energy that I'm willing to like give up of my time and to put into the energy of other people's lives and like be close and intimate and share things with, I've, I've got about the capacity for two people. And so, like, this idea of 5,000 friends, like, that gives me anxiety. Yeah. Like, and I just think that we, you know, it's it's getting back to, I mean, everybody's different, but getting back to, like, what we're looking for in, like, you said the word intimacy. And, and connection, think, like, yeah. Connection and intimacy is, like, what we thrive on. And I feel like I'd gotten so far from that that, like, I had in essence lost like myself. I had lost like what I wanted, um, you know, the, like not just like purpose, but like meaning in life. And it was just like, I was just going through the motions and mm. everything looked good on the outside. And if you asked anybody from the gyms I'm working at and training, like I looked happy all the time. That's my job. I got paid to look happy. Yeah. But inside I was just like, this is so empty. Mm. And I don't think it was you know, anything other than like I wasn't I wasn't connecting with people. And, I, and not that social media was the only thing that was pulling me away. I mean, there's obviously other things. But it got me back to like really making the effort to, to connect with people and, and to try to branch out of maybe only having two people close to me <laughs> in, in my
0: life. I think, uh, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking, I was like, how many people? And I think it's like 20 for me. And yeah. not like close, close. I think at any one time it's going to be like, like if something happens, who do you call? And I have a core group of folks, and it's interesting because they're all from different parts of my life. And I do have a couple of friends who I just like keep running into, like I run into you. And I think it's part of it's my fear of being known. Like it's easier for me to have like because I have tons of like not surface relationships, but tons of people who know me, but don't actually know me, Um, and that's safer, right? Sure. Because they can reject me, and that doesn't hurt because I'm like, well, you didn't know me anyway. Yeah. Um, And plus, my job is to know and love people. And I do. Like, I authentically love the people in my congregation. Well, that's like over 100 uh, folks that are around. And how do I do that in a really great way? And it's interesting just to watch different personalities. Like, the church that you are attending, my friend's the pastor there. And a lot of people are like, I can't get close to him. But he, he has so many people in his life. Yeah. And he's great. And, like, I'm lucky that he, I would consider him a friend. Um, but I definitely know that he feels like he's always got just a ton of people around. And he's not... And you know extremely extroverted either he's very if you gave him a book he'll like today i said something and he was like oh thanks for that podcast i bought all the books from that podcast that yeah. you recommended like he listened to a podcast and bought all the books and are, is now reading them like that's not my life that's probably you yeah
1: that like, sounds awesome
0: <laughs> you guys should read adjacent to each other <laughs>
1: To to each other,
0: like no, like around each other. That's like oh, Nixon, okay. Like I thought, you, I thought there was a books? book
1: called Adjacent that we're gonna just start reading oh, to like, each other. Oh no, not like
0: a book club. <laughs> That's not what I'm suggesting and anyway. So I was Can thinking you about up? your your former, I guess you'd say former career working in the fitness world, and we were talking a little bit about the toxic nature of social media, even to that. Yeah, be- because there are just so many bodies on display.
1: Yeah. So I mean. As you were talking about, like you know, uh, being a pastor and having you know so many people to look after, like I I would have five hundred people come through my classes each week. Um, Yeah, and you know, no, you don't connect with everybody, but I had—I mean, I cared deeply for. No, you gave. Yeah, you seem like you did. And uh, you're giving of yourself a lot.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And it's not people don't mean to, but you know, it's not a lot of getting back from them. Like it's Mm -hmm. nice to see them hit their goals and like, you know, I had one one of my clients lost 50 pounds over six months and she was like in tears just that she had had this new realization of herself and had changed her lifestyle, changed habits. And so, I mean, that's very rewarding, but you know, in, in that space, it's tough when you have, you know, women that like as a man, I'm like, look beautiful. They're not size twos. They don't have six packs and you know, they don't have like biceps, give or take, I mean, you know, they don't, they're, they do not look like the fitness magazine women right. that are airbrushed anyway. But, um, you know, you see all these, these pictures and, and they beat themselves up. It's like, what, what's their, their goal? It's like, I hear this all the time. Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, you're a size four, like 125 pounds. Like you don't have 10 pounds to lose. And I, I know that's actually probably a bad example, but like, even like, you know, a size eight or size 10, like beating themselves up and like, they look fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: just that they have this idea of what they should look like because Instagram, Facebook says that, you know, if you don't have a big thigh gap, yeah. you probably shouldn't be showing your, your booty in public. And it's yeah. just ridiculous because it, it just shapes so much of what we think, what we think about ourselves. And, um, I don't know. I always, as a trainer, I always try to get people to focus on performance and just being happy. Because if unless you get paid to work out, you shouldn't look like that. If you get paid to work out, then yeah, you should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's like something I've been guilty of before is even looking. Because Instagram, I think, took it to a next level because all of a sudden you're seeing real people who look like that. Well, and, and like you said, you've been guilty
1: of it. Like I've been guilty of it. And I think anybody that would <laughs> would be on in this setting to say that they haven't been guilty of it's lying to their teeth. Because who doesn't want to look good naked? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's just a real thing. So yeah. uh, we're, we're all guilty of it. Um, I went through, like, this is actually very vulnerable. I've never, I don't think I've ever admitted this in public. But there was, like, a, a period in my life where, like, I was, like, I, I was, like, neurotic about the scale. And mm-hmm. it was on the opposite side of trying to gain weight. As a guy, like, you know, I'm not trying to lose weight. But it was, like, I you know, I, I was, like, neurotic trying to, like, gain muscle, gain muscle. And it was just like, so stupid.
0: And most days would die to have your figure. Figure? Do we call it a figure <laughs> when it's a guy? Build.
1: My figure. <laughs> your build. <laughs> um, well, you know,
0: like thank fi- you. I remember when I was going through uh, just a early season of not loving my body for lots of reasons. I uh, Dane, who's the trainer that I've actually had on the show before, and uh, I wrote him this email and one of the things he wrote this beautiful response, but one of the things that stuck with me is he's like Sarah. There are so many people who are fighting so hard for like what you think is your before. Yeah, and he was like, you, you know, you're super fit. You can run. You, you've got, you know, you're so in shape. Like, y- yeah, sure, you could tone up, but like he was, he was really concerned about like you got to not get to that place. But I think it is hard when you are comparing yourself to social media or. Uh, even like, you know, the, the things that they show us, the algorithms that they know what we look at, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's one of those things of like, how can I detoxify my brain? And so that's why I really appreciated what's interesting. And even only in seven days, I started to be like, I look all right. Like I wasn't as neurotic about like, do I look okay? It's like nothing was going to be posted,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, I think social media, I think, I think women struggle a little bit more. I mean, I could, I'm only speaking as a guy, obviously, and only one guy, but um, I feel like women struggle with it more. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that, yeah, guys do struggle with it, yeah, for sure. Um,
0: and I don't think it's as, it's as acceptable in, unfortunately, for culture to talk about guys who feel, you know, that, that there are guys who feel that way, there's lots of them, yeah. And actually, it's been interesting. I've known a lot of guys who have struggled with the same thing you have, where they're like, I got to eat all of this. I've got to stay on with my protein. I have to do it. And it becomes an obsession. I can't have that beer because then that's bad, you know, back and forth. And so neither.
1: So it just brings up, because you're talking about that, and I brought up another thing that I think, um, I, I don't know if it was, a, I feel like it was like a byproduct of, of shutting off from social media. Like a mm-hmm. lot of changes happened um, just kind of reconnecting with, slowing everything down, you know, I started reading again every morning and just started slowing my whole life down. But like, I feel like I've gotten so much more balanced back in my life. Like where I was like neurotic about my workouts, I had to run a certain number of miles a week. I had to hit certain times. I had to get my track workouts in. I had to get my strength workouts in. I had to hit my calories for the day. I had to, you know, get all my stuff done and, and it it'd become like a chore and like it wasn't really enjoying things. And like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't eat certain things. I'm like, there's ice cream in my fridge right now. What? No, it hasn't happened in, in eight years. I haven't had ice cream in in my fridge. Much I less. I hope like, it's in your freezer. I, oh yeah, my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I like it a little soft. <laughs> um, no, but it's just like you know, just being more balanced and and realizing that, like you know, I mean, I, like it. Not that I was like always like neurotic. I don't want to give this impression that I mean I've I've been pretty okay, but I mean like it still was just unbalanced and kind of how I thought and. If I'm being completely honest, like it was just, I wouldn't allow myself certain things because I'm like, no, it's not, it's not according to my goals. It's not what, and I, I think it's good to be disciplined, Yeah. but I think it's also good to, you know, and I'm not saying have a cheat day. That's not, that's not the point I'm making. The, it's just being balanced and not being, if, if something, if you have an unhealthy relationship with anything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it needs to be quickly like dealt with. Yeah. Um, and you have to know how to recognize that. And I mean, if you won't eat ice cream, cause you're afraid that you're going to lose, for me, it was, like, losing time in my mile time or, you know, not having the strength or whatever it was. Like, it's stupid.
0: That's good to know that um, ice cream doesn't change your str- – I can't eat ice cream. Gosh, I love it. I like it, but it's not. It's just not the thing for me.
1: Yeah, I, I love coffee ice cream. But, Ooh. Yeah, it's got to be coffee. That I might like. But, like, I mean, I like salty stuff. Like, I-
0: No, for me, it's, like, so I'm on Whole30 and I'm on day, like – 20 something, five, I think. Uh, And if I could physically be baked into a wheel of cheese right now, I'd sign up. Yeah. And eat my way out. I love cheese. See, I think
1: cheese is good. Cheese cheese was always okay for my macros. Like, I never, never like skimped on cheese because I think, I mean, cheese is healthy, good fats. Um, Depends on, I mean, obviously.
0: Yeah, I probably pushed the boundary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The thing with ice cream for me was just the sugar. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. A little sugar's not gonna hurt.
0: So now that you are jump back in the world, was there any fear of cause you like changed your career. You like hit a hard reset.
1: Yeah, I hit a hard reset. Um yeah, like stopped drinking alcohol, uh changed my careers. I knew I had to get out of my career. I took a total of two months off work. Yeah. I mean, I was
0: you had again no I don't wanna like
1: give the impression. like I was fortunate to be able to have the ability yeah. to do so. Took two months off work. Um it, it was it was getting to a point where it was like life or death for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so I had to I had to hit a reset. Um and like I said, I was I was petrified going in and what and by, by the time I got out I didn't I didn't want to go back. Like I I was it was the best thing I've ever done for myself.
0: I love that. And um, I think it's such a good example of finding balance and figuring out like yeah, finding ourselves, you know. 'Cause I think the the FOMO or the fear of missing out or the saunder lust or whatever it is, it's because we have these unhealthy like desires to live a life that isn't ours because we don't actually connect with our own life and we don't actually see our own life for what it yeah. really is. And so I think it's such a yeah, it's such a great challenge.
1: Well, and I don't know if this will speak to any of the audience, but for me, like it was it was also like so easy to work on everybody else yeah. and help everybody else and love on everybody else, but not really deal with, you know, spending time with myself, loving on myself, taking care of myself, because mm. I didn't necessarily like what I saw all the time. I didn't, I didn't like who I was all the time. I didn't, you know, um, there's still certain parts about me that I'm trying to just come to terms with, like accepting who I am is, mm-hmm. is a kind of a probably better way to say it. Um, and just dealing with me, um, it, I was avoiding that and so it's it's real easy to be like I said I'm still an introvert but like when I have to be training people like I don't have to connect with people I can take care of them and it's a good way to deflect from me right. actually like sitting down and looking at myself in the mirror and yeah because like, we are not okay like with four me?
0: more squats how's your heart
1: yeah and, <laughs> and you know the whole time it's like having to be okay with myself and I think that it forced me to take a hard look and like accept parts of me that maybe I, I didn't want to accept mm-hmm. and the things that If I couldn't change them, just accept them. And the things that I could change, like, have a hard look again and just humble myself and, like, change things about myself that I didn't like and stop just, you know, um, making excuses, I think.
0: Well, it's funny because I find you such a joy to be around. Like, I love being around you. You're so fun. But you're also just a really deep person. And I think it's been really uh, inspiring to hear your story and even to think, like, could I take a couple, like, could I take a month off? What? What would happen? Like for me, my job is so connected to making sure I'm connecting with other people all the time. But I I love that idea that we can find balance, even if it's just like, hey, the phone goes off at a certain time. Or some of the practices I've been doing is like not taking my, like not using my phone when I'm on a run, other than, you know, because my watch can count my miles. Um, Little things like that where I'm not worried about it.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's good. Um, It's for running. I never ran with my phone um, because I I didn't want to be able to be touched. Um, while I was running, but, um, yeah, I mean, just, like, even now, like, my phone, I don't know, the iPhone has a thing where you can set it up to, like, go on mm-hmm. silent. Like, so yeah. my phone every every night at 8.30 goes on Do Not Disturb. I love it. that
0: you're such an old man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Mine's
0: 9.45, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm asleep by 9, hopefully. And then my alarm, I get up at 4.30, and so it doesn't come back on until 6 a.m. Hmm. So, like, during that time, nobody can call me. And, you know, like, at first, I was, like, what if my daughter, and I'm, like, you know, at, like,
0: you can actually set it where uh, people who have. I learned, but yeah. at first
1: I didn't know that. So mm. I was like, I was just like, well, whatever. Like, we'll figure it out. Um, which sounds like a bad parent right now. And I am saying but <laughs> it. But like, I mean, you think about it 100 years ago, they didn't have that. And yeah. like, people survived. Yeah. So um, I think they were tougher, though. Yeah, so we should be tougher. Smart <laughs> Spartan up.
0: Spartan up. And are you racing again?
1: Um yes. So I did I also took off racing. Like yeah. I had to shut down everything. But yeah, I took I will be racing again. Um I have a couple races this year. Well, I I probably have 5 or 6 races I'll be doing this year. And then 2019, I really want to get back hard at it. It will be 37 for that season and then that, that makes me I, at 40 I get into the masters. Oh. So I'm super excited about 40.
0: <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta get there. <laughs> I'm not super excited about 40.
1: I, you know, I don't, I, I feel like again, like guys have things so much easier and so many levels of just life and our bodies. And I hope and like, that we're changing that. Yeah. I hope so too, because it's, it's crazy because I've been starting to get a lot of gray hair and like girls like, Oh man, I love a guy with gray hair. And like, you've never heard a woman be like, man, I can't wait to get gray hair or.
0: It's kind of in now. Is it? Is yeah. it coming
1: in? Yep. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Girls are dying their hair gray. All right, cool, but like really young, so you can tell that it's died, (laughs) but yeah, that's like a thing now.
1: But so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to turn 40. Um,
0: you got a little while to wait.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I got three years,
0: but I have wait, no, I have three years, three and a half. I've got (laughs) well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I have a feeling we'll chat again, um, and for sharing this stuff with with our listeners and with me and sharing a little bit of your life. I know that's not your favorite, but you're really good at it.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Good. We'll do it again. All right. All right. Okay. I got to now figure out how to turn this off. It's funny how a lot of my conversations seem to circle back to one main issue. The idea of feeling worthy. And it's interesting too to me because I think so many people who know me or have met me, at least at a surface level, think here's someone who has a lot of confidence. In fact, I've had a couple of people tell me it's only through the podcast that they've discovered that I am not someone who walks around feeling overly confident like ever. It's true. It's embarrassing, but it's true. My sense of self-worth is pretty low sometimes. It's hard for me because I believe that everyone should have this real internal sense that they are worth love. They are worth acceptance. They are worth understanding themselves as beloved. And yet in my own life, that hasn't always been true. I think particularly lately, it's been at a seasonal low. (laughs) I think I have also used maybe the wrong means to try to find self-worth. Whether it was through trying to achieve enough or try to have people need me enough in order that I would feel worthy of love. But no one else can give that to you. You have to feel it for yourself. So part of that was getting rid of the social media influence and the other part that we're in the middle of is that my health coach has asked people to speak into my life some affirmations daily. It's going okay. I have to admit the days that my friends forget. I feel so awkward asking. I mean, who has to ask their friends to tell them why they're worthy of love or worthy of acceptance? Some people have said some really beautiful things about me, and I am desperately trying to make those become internal monologues. I'm also working on changing my internal monologue myself, finding things I like about myself, finding things that I enjoy about myself. It's not been an easy thing, but I'm excited about hopefully where this is headed. As I look at the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna be sharing with you a little bit about the journey of trying to find self-worth. I'm also gonna be sharing with you a little bit about what it's like to go to a lot of weddings this summer and to participate in other exciting things, such as going to my own 20-year high school reunion. And yes, maybe I have thought about hiring an actor to walk in the room with me as my husband, but as someone who uh, touts authenticity, I think I'm just going to go in as me and hope that that's enough. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Sonderless the podcast. Before I close out this week's episode of Sonderless the podcast, I wanted to let you know about a couple of our partners and about ways that you too can partner with Sonderless the podcast. One of the fun parts of doing Sondra List is getting to share a little bit about my story. I am absolutely captivated by the idea of story. So much so that I wrote a book about it called What's Your Story? Seeing Your Life Through God's Eyes. I was lucky to get to work with Abington Press. To find my book and other great titles, go to cokesbury.com. I am grateful to studio Bluetooth earphones, both in-ear and over the ear. I personally rock the Regent on-ear white with gold trim headphones while I am in my studio. I love that they have interchangeable caps, so you can change the look of your earphones every day if you wanted to. Studio wants to revolutionize and bridge the gap, making fashionable headphones with high quality sound. Judging by the ones I have, they've nailed it. To get a pair of these Scandinavian-designed headphones, go to studio, sudio.com. Sonderlust listeners get 15% off any purchase by entering sonderlust in the discount code section. Over the last seven months, it has been overwhelming how the listenership of Sondra the Podcast has grown. And up until very recently, everyone working on the team was volunteers, and all of the startup fees had come out of pocket or any other fee that came up. Eventually, our amazing editors got new jobs, and they were unable to continue volunteering producing the episodes. The podcast at that point was at a crossroad. Do I continue trying to put this stuff out into the world, or do I close up shop? At the same time, I was getting tons of emails, letters, and phone calls from people who are doing the challenges from the podcast, and that's when I knew what I had to do. We had to hire professionals, but I wasn't able to afford this on my own, and I love the idea of crowdsourcing, the whole idea of bringing my friends and fans along with me. It isn't just my journey. It's a shared journey, so as part of that, a couple of weeks ago, we launched a Kickstarter, and we are almost two weeks in, and we've raised almost half what we need. This is so exciting. If you're interested in partnering with us, I would ask that you go to Kickstarter and look up Sondra Luss, the podcast. There are lots of fun incentives, such as original artwork, or being pardoned of a couple of sins. But I hope the biggest incentive for you is becoming part of the Sondra Luss story. I have no idea where this is going but I am so thankful for everyone who has joined in already. Now it's time for some sponsorship information and some Kickstarter updates. Friends, if you have donated to our Kickstarter, please make sure you register your name. We wanna make sure that we can give you enough shout outs and make sure that people know that you are an amazing partner of the program. It's time for the Sondra Lust shout outs. These are folks who have sponsored the program and I am happy to introduce you to Christy Jernigan, George Bell, Dan Steven, Katie Heed, David Trotter, Susan Sally, Chris and Kim Holly, Mark Stevenson, Andy Kim, Amy Gutierrez, Laura Dickens Rosenberg, Michael Kodak, and Dan Wiles. Without you guys, the show would be impossible. I'm so grateful for your financial contribution. If you too want to be listed as one of our Sondra sponsors, please go ahead and check out our Kickstarter. We would love to have you as part of the program. Sondra the Podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was edited and mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and the team at CM Studio. To find out more about them, visit cmstudio.co. Sandra website was created by Alex Maldonado. The theme song was written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at sandralusthepodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and exclusive content. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and keep looking for your bliss.